Well, do you want to do the intro, Mr. Peak? This is the Penny Paper Podcast. Oh, show! That's good. Oh, that's good. We don't have the show number yet. Stay tuned. <laughs> Our insert will be like, show five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how you been doing, man? Anything uh, fun going on this week? It's uh, Monday when we're recording. I'm getting my ass kicked in pilot training, except it's like you're voluntarily getting your ass kicked. So it's almost like I'm paying a dominatrix to drop hot wax on my balls slowly. Mm. Your mom did it for free to me. (laughs) You need to find a new matrix. (laughs) Oh, the noodles are ready. (laughs) Well, let's pause by all means. It's only two minutes in. A few moments later. You have a tanning membership? No, uh, does it look tan? You're, or it's you're probably really pale. White. Yeah. I don't get to go outside much. Some of us work from home, <laughs> doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, when are you going back to work? Or when do you start work, <laughs> I should say? I'm still, I've been working, thank you very much. Uh, I just work from home. Uh, and actually today is the first day. So I've been in like a completely like training environment. So it's been basically like a college student or something, right? Trying to learn this stuff. And all online, of course, but basically a college student. And now they actually decided that that wasn't working for everyone just because a lot of the stuff is better learned hands-on. So everyone in my training flight got moved into the actual buying flights. And now I am going to start, I'll still be having to do all the training and stuff. So like little weekly meetings and whatnot, but I'll be shadowing people more. Mm. So I'm pretty excited. It's definitely going to be a change of pace. And now that I'm not in training, I'm going to start getting actual like tasks. I'm I'm excited, but I'm nervous that uh, things are going to slip through the cracks because there's a lot that I'm responsible for now, but I'm excited when, to be getting started. When do you anticipate going back to an actual brick and mortar? So I I would love to go back today if I could. I really enjoy just in-person stuff, and I learn better, and I've always wanted an office desk, and I always joked with my friends, it's such an easy life goal to have because that's like your entry-level job. And then here I am, and because of COVID, that got taken away from me. So I cannot wait to go back into the fucking office. But unfortunately, my job, apparently we are performing just as well, if not slightly better, at home. So we're not really in a rush to get back into the facilities, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is heartbreaking. Seems like a trend, you know, even outside of the military, you know, companies are realizing how much they can get done at such, you know, a much cheaper cost, not having to operate an office. And, you know, maybe there are some positions that we actually don't need. And then how much of this can we actually get done from, from home? So I, I think some companies, some big business will never go back to what we yeah. call regular. Things are never going to be the same. Cause even if you look at like fast food at first, it was like, Oh no, we can only do drive through. But now it's like, well, we don't need any of the inside staff and we can just have drive through. So they're, they're making more money now. Right. And it, like my, my church, for example, they made a comment that because for a while during COVID they were doing, um, church services outside, mm-hmm. um, so that they didn't have to worry about any limits or anything. 
And so they said they were saving an incredible amount of money because they didn't have to heat the church. They didn't have to cool it. They didn't have lights on. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like they were able to put a lot of money into different areas that they normally weren't able to. So it's going to be the same for businesses. So I would be shocked if right now or if when we come out of COVID, whenever that is, it's about January um, 2021 when recording this. But if whenever all this shit ends, I would be shocked if it were not a lot more streamlined and a lot more people are going to be working how they're working now at home. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it'll it's an it's an interesting time to be alive. Sucks for people who are dying right now. They won't get to see the end. Yeah. The end of COVID. Hmm. But anyways, in regards to the end, let's talk about the beginning. In in okay. in, op, in opposition in yeah, let's go with opposition. That's the best I got. Okay. That didn't take very long. It's a short vocabulary rolling. It's, it's got one entry. It's a small vocabulary spelled S-M-O with the little squigglies L. Small. All right. Well, what do you want to talk about today then? Let's talk about the the beginning of the of, of your financial journey as a young aspiring entrepreneur investor savvy um, American mind okay you left sexy out but I'll allow it okay. um, thank you so <laughs> so I feel like my, I was kind of like abnormal how I got started so like I was super into saving all my entire life like and of course you know like as a kid you're not making a lot of money so I think Entering high school, I had like a thousand dollars saved, and for me, I was like, I was so stoked. I knew it wouldn't buy a car. Like I understood it wasn't a lot, but I'd also tried. I don't know. I've been saving that for a long time, so you know, I've just I don't know. I've always been a saver. Always put things away, and even like say buying toys as a kid, I would spend like thirty minutes in the store comparing prices. This one's fifteen dollars more. Am I gonna get more joy out of it than this one? So like always, kind of a penny pincher at heart. And Were you told no a lot as a child? No, you can't have this or no, you know. I I don't remember specifically, but I do know there are times that I would ask for a toy or something and be told no. So I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know if that actually impacted um, impacted my spending choices or not. But yeah, I think I mean, my mom's always been money conscientious, so I would hear phrases like "Oh, we can't afford that" or you know we. We just don't have the money for that. So I, I was aware as a kid, like, oh, money dictates what you can spend or what you can buy. So so, so how did you feel um, growing up about your family's financial situation? Where did you think your fi- your family stood on the financial hierarchy <laughs> of class? So as, as a kid, I was pretty sure that we were poor. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was certain that we... <laughs> We were just not blessed with money, right? <laughs> my mom, and it's great that she's like this because it's really, I don't know, it's good to be better. It's good to spend less than it is to spend more. So thankfully, she's just very money conscientious. And that's not to say I took, they would fly me to see my grandparents in Sweden every summer. So some money was spent. It's not like I had a terrible childhood. It's just a lot of times it'd be simple stuff like, oh, can we eat out? It's We haven't eaten out in a while. So, oh, we don't have the money. So yeah. mentally, I'm like, oh, we do not have $40. Like, okay. The, I remember as a kid, like, 
to try to help the cause, I would use just a little. I'd read that just a pea size of um, toothpaste is enough to brush your mouth. So I would just use this little pea sized dollop of toothpaste so we didn't have to buy toothpaste as often. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm really helping. I used to get a line a lot. Uh, maybe I'd ask if, if we could get McDonald's or something. And my mom would say, oh, we've got McDonald's. <laughs> we've already got that. Well, we don't have a fucking McDonald's in. <laughs> You know, we're not Richie Rich. I don't know what fucking, what house you're going home to, but we don't have a fucking... That was your second so. favorite family. Yeah, so, but, but you know, now I, I kind of observe my mom and her eating habits, and for a while, she was just eating out every single day, every single day nonstop. So, but yeah, so, so how, how would... How did that impact just you thinking your family is poor? Maybe directly or indirectly, it, it had to have shifted your mindset about money and saving and spending and being frugal, things like it, that. It, it must have had some impact because, again, I was very like conscientious as a child. Like When I got money, I really wanted to save it. I didn't like spending money. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like that as a child. Like They don't like spending their own money. Like I don't think that's uncommon. But I noticed that compared to my friends, I was more conscious, right? I did not want to spend. I wanted to save if possible. So I feel like it just get, put me in the mindset of like feeling like I didn't have the money to buy something. So even if I did, I think I just kind of thought like, oh, I don't have the money to buy gum. Or like <laughs> gum? Just little, yes. <laughs> How poor did you think your family was? No joke. I thought we were pretty poor. <laughs> And thinking back, like we didn't live in bad areas or anything, so we we always had a I think a moderate or a modest house, and everything. So I don't know why, but I just, I was just so certain we were poor. <laughs> and so as I got older, I I did pretty well up until high school is when I entered my first like real relationship, mm-hmm. and that's when like I started to spend more. And no regrets, honestly. Like it was uh, it was good, and you know it's, you know your first time with a car, and then you can actually go like take someone to the movies or go. So I enjoyed it and no regrets or anything, but I started spending more. But I worked at a place, um, you may have heard it, at Domino's Pizza. It's a little oh, uh, franchise. And I met a guy. Yes, indeed. That's actually very popular. Um, and I won't um, give his real name away. We'll just call him Bob. And this that son of um, a bitch, Bob. <laughs> dirty bastard, Bob. And so Bob actually started talking to me about investing. And this was... I graduated in 2016, so this was probably like 2015 maybe, so I think it was like junior year of high school, and Bob would talk to me at work while we were, say, doing dishes or making food or whatnot, and he just talked to me about investing, and he was trying to kind of get me on board, and Mm -hmm. I really did not feel like I had the money to do it because, you know, you hear investing, you think that takes $500, that takes $1,000, it seems like it's not something you just buy one share of something, so he... He eventually got me started. It was with an app called Robinhood. At the time, it was very new. Now, I feel like it's every college student already has it. So he got me started with it. I opened an account, and he made me buy. And I say made, but like he was very persuasive and really uh, made me believe in it. But he made me buy two shares of Netflix, which at mm. the time were trading at $87. Mm. And I remember thinking, so that was like, what, $160 or something, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. a little bit, of, maybe $170 um, that I put into it. And I was like, man, I really hope this pays off because this yeah, you're is... You're probably thinking this is, wow, this is like 
four days of work at Domino's yeah, right here. Exactly. I'm making like slightly above minimum wage, and again, I'm a college or a high school student, so it's not like I'm working that much. And as a high school student, nearly about $150, $200, that's a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. And so I invested it that morning, and then I looked. I watched the stock market that entire day. I was like, because <laughs> I bought it, and it dropped like 50 cents, right? So now I'm down a dollar because I had two shares, and I was like, fuck. I really, <laughs> yeah, it, it dropped 50 cents, and I was like, I've really bamboozled myself. Like, this is... <laughs> My friend, I'm gonna be like my parents. Poor, son like, of a bitch, Bob. <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was pissed. I was like, "Damn it, this sucks." Um, and then it went up a little bit, so I was only down 25 cents a share, and I was like, "Okay." And then it had a small spike, and I was up like a dollar, and I was like, "I'm a god, right?" Like, <laughs> fuck Dominoes. I, I have this single stock. Yeah. Um, and so it was just a wild ride there. For it was about two weeks that I kept watching it, literally, like. I'd open it like 10 times a day, if not more, just to watch it. And at work, I'd leave it open on my phone next to where I was making food so I could just watch it. Your whole $180 <laughs> in the stock market. Yeah, I was, I was watch, already planning the $500 thing I was going to buy. Like, <laughs> you know. And so that really got me started thinking about investing because I saw my money working. And I didn't sell that stock for probably four or five years. So I always kept it. And I actually sold it at just below $400 a share. So I spent about $150-ish, we'll say like 170 buying the two shares of Netflix, and I sold it at about a little bit below $800 for both of them. Wow. Yeah, so it was over, I over, wish I, how, how long did that take? For the, I think, I wanna say it was like five years, maybe five four. Years. Do you regret but not, it? I, I mean, I, I get, yeah, I, I oh, guess it's an obvious, an obvious uh, answer, but, I guess the better question is, did you, you probably didn't anticipate something like that, did you? Like, what made you hold it for so long? What made me hold it was, one, not knowing where it was going to go, right? Because Netflix, it, I mean, Netflix was already large, but it was like, oh, you know, this seems cool. I'm using it. So, like, in my perspective, it's super popular. And I was just... I, it just seemed like something good to hold on to. And it actually, I, I think a, like a couple, like maybe a month or two after I bought it, they had a good earnings report or I don't mm -hmm. know what happened, but it jumped like $30. Yeah. So I was like, shit, that's $60 that I made in a day. And of course, if you're new to investing, you don't actually make money until you sell it. It's called an unrealized gain or an unrealized loss. Mm. But I was like, okay, I made, I felt like I made $60. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep it for as long as I can. And that, but again, that really got me started thinking about investing because I was like, I'm not doing anything, right? So like when I'm at school, not working, this stock is potentially making me money, right? It's right, growing right. and it, it can, it can go, um, it can backfire on you can lose money. But that really got me started thinking about investing. So uh, junior year, senior year of high school, around that time frame, I started putting a little bit of money into stocks. I think in total, I probably had maybe like, I don't even know. It was probably like a total of, say, $300 of my own money invested, not including what Netflix had grown to. But so it's a modest amount, but it really got me thinking. And then in college, I started listening to financial podcasts. Mm -hmm. I wish the penny paper had existed then in like our website, <laughs> which is designed for people that are new at it. And I started reading more and I just really got into it. it. It helped that I was a business major, of course. So like all my teachers were, you know, dropping little tidbits here and there. 
But that's when I really started to hit it hard. And I wish I had invested more because I spent a lot of money in the summers. I yeah. I found myself like, you know, you have the summer, you're not in classes. So I did a lot of traveling. I went to a lot of music festivals. I yeah. totaled two vehicles. So it's... <laughs> there's me a, in it. Yeah, one while Peak was sleeping in the passenger seat. And he... <laughs> just a quick sidebar. We, we got like T-boned and he wakes up <laughs> and we're still like dragging on. He's like, slam on the brakes. I was like, they're not working. <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> but he was so confused because he was he was dead asleep and he woke up to airbags. Yeah. But at any rate, so, you know, college, there was definitely a lot of like fat that could have been trimmed. But it got me started in investing. And by the time I graduated college, I probably I think I had somewhere in the realm of about $10,000 invested. Wow. And including like I worked at Publix for a while. So they do a 401k. So including 401k money, including investment. So like all my money that is invested, not in the savings account, it was around $10,000. So I, I think you're, um, you're indirectly hitting on something that's really important. When you started this thing, you didn't have any money. No. Know? So yeah, when I, when I started, I was probably making like $150 a week, maybe, maybe if, if not less. So $150 again, $150 per week working at, working a job. I mean, I know I I think I actually got paid bi-weekly there. Wow. Well, it may is... have been less. It may be 150 cuz I was just working weekends. I'm not sure. It wasn't much. We'll say a max of $300 in a 2-week period. Well, honestly, and, that's fucking piss poor pitiful. Yeah, and it, again, I, that may be a little bit more, that may be a little less, but that's a ballpark. But so does take $200 to invest in the stock market. That's like about 2 weeks of working, right? A week, 2 weeks of working. So it was a lot to get started, and there are different things. So if you go, there's an um, article we have up now on M1 Finance. That's what I would recommend because you don't have to buy an entire share. So say right now you only have $10 to invest. You can just invest $10, and it will buy what's called fractional shares. Mm -hmm. um, but So it's like that. there are much easier ways to get started than there used to be with um, all this technology that's coming out and just you know the rules are changing on some stuff. So... But it, it was a lot, and it was such a big step when I first did it, especially not knowing what I was doing. And it, it's incredibly risky, too, just to buy one stock. Right, and I, I think a lot of people will give you the excuse of, well, I don't have enough money, or, you know, it takes money to make money. And, they, and they're so blinded or, uh, you know, concentrated on that fact that they decide not to take any action at all. It's just like, well, you know, I don't have... I don't have $5,000 just liquid, so there's nothing that I can really do here, and I'm not going to get started at all. So, you know, and, and you kind of got around that by doing a little bit at a time, just a little over time, and, and really that it compounded over, you know, five years into really, really nice returns. But how has that same approach, maybe you did it intentionally, maybe it was just a coincidence, but I'm sure that's My shaped other... Like staggering it, kind of. Not necessarily staggering, but just you took what you had at the time, what you could, what you maybe were comfortable with losing, and you put it into the stock market. And over time, you continued to add into the stock market until you had your ten thousand dollars that was invested. But you didn't let the, I don't have five thousand, I don't have two thousand dollars. That barrier, that you know, that mental block, mm. stop you from 
been going on. It's you know you just you just laid one penny down what you could, and you just continued to add on to that penny with another penny and another penny and another penny, and here we are. Exactly here we are. <laughs> so, like you kind of hit on. So it you you just have to get started, right? And I know we've said this before on the podcast, but I feel like that's what you're alluding to. Like it's just taking like growing the fucking balls and taking that first step. And recently, I heard an interesting statistic that it's about eighty percent of millionaires in the U.S. are self-made. So what that means mm-hmm. is they didn't inherit that money. Their parents didn't give it to them. They didn't win a lottery. They earned that money themselves through building a company, through smart investments, through working their ass off. But 80% of millionaires are self-made. The other 20 are dead, by the way, because they overdosed on coke. <laughs> That's the percentage I'm trying to get in. <laughs> um, and so, give me a second. And so taking the first step, you know, it's just understanding that, say you don't have $10 to invest today, guess what? You're sure as hell not going to have it two weeks from now because we are creatures of habit. If you have a habit of spending Mm. your entire paycheck, the sad thing is, and this is why people end up seriously fucked in the long run, if you spend, if you have a habit of spending, say, 99% of your paycheck, a pay raise isn't going to change that. If If you land this, you know, awesome job, and now you're making double what you were. Realistically, you're gonna spend you're still, double. Yeah, you're going to spend double. You're right. most of us don't have what's called like a fixed expense amount. So, like, say you only spend a hundred dollars a month and you make a hundred. Now you have nothing, right? But yeah. if you make five hundred, you're still only spending a hundred. Now you're pocketing four hundred. Most of us don't work like that. We look at our bank account and say, "Oh, there's a hundred dollars. I can spend a hundred. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I have five hundred dollars. I can spend five hundred. Yeah. So it's seriously scraping what you can to put in. And it gets easier the more you do it. It really does. It's a, it's such a mindset. People don't realize that. Yeah. And then you realize at some point what your money can do for you and not what you can do for your money. And at some point, I've heard a, I heard a really good quote a long time ago. And um, it went something along the lines of the, the more I can afford to buy, the less I want to. So the more money you amass, and the more you know, the more affluent you become, the less things you want to buy. You know, when you were a kid, you wanted every single toy in the store. When you become a teenager, it's like oh, I don't want toys anymore. I want a car. And when you become an adult, I don't really want toys or a car and Xbox. I just want you know a house. And then you. I just want a nice tie for Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, a, a boat, and you can afford all those other little things, but you just don't want them anymore, unless. You've just got this consumer mindset where mine, everything has to be yours. And you just want to buy things because you know that your, your credit card can, what you think, afford it. Mm. Uh, you, you, you know, so. Hmm. It's the candle. Oh. oh, that's what that light is. Hmm. What did you think it was? I had no idea. I thought it was a weird glow from something. Normally, when there's a bunch of candles and stuff, I'm used to having I'm used to having this white like hood like mask over. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking you were gonna say like canisters of lube out in oh, anal beads oh, oh. As, as long as the Mississippi River. No, when, when they're as big as I get them, they're not called beads anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they're called <Can> pre hernias. <laughs> 
a pre hemorrhage. Cannonballs. <laughs> well, I think that about wraps up today's episode. So I, I hope it kind of shows that you don't have to have a lot to get started. So I was about 17 ish, maybe give or take a year when I started investing. And, you know, a lot of you are probably old, older than that. And that's okay. The the point here isn't the age. The point is getting started, even if you just have a little bit. So hopefully... Just, just a little something something. Just a little something something. Yeah. Let me hold a dollar. <laughs> that's beautiful, Peak. Stitch that on a fucking pillow. <laughs> so the point here is that hopefully, again, you're making more than I was as a 17-year-old in high school. So you have a little bit more to kind of get started with. But even if you don't have as much to get started with just get started take those first steps and i actually just wrote an article called investing made simple if you go to our website pennypaver.com you can see it and it lays out because there's a lot to investing right if you don't know what you're doing you can fuck yourself quicker than a whore on prom night Ooh. so it's important to know what you're doing yeah ask peak's mom about that if you have any questions oh so if you go to that article, it kind of gives you an easy breakdown, some tips that I have for getting started, and hopefully it'll make it nice and simple. And if it does help you, please email us at team at pennypaver.com and let us know if it uh, helped you or if it's something more you would have liked. And also if you have any comments or anything about the show. And last but not least, in your email, reply or comment to us. Let us know how much you think Bray's mother weighs. We would love <laughs> To know your guesses metric units only people <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'll talk to you later man all right bye-bye <laughs>